Welcome back to For the Love of Humanity. This is episode four, and I'm so excited for this week because episode four centers around desire, celebration, creation, and joy. So thank you for being here. So last episode, we talked about numbness and perfectionism and how to work with numbness or how to perspectivize is a word I've recently decided that I'm going to use because it makes sense for me. Um, So going hand in hand with that, I'm learning to fully feel through all of the aspects of a cycle. I'm learning to live in full color or experience the full spectrum. And when I notice that I'm not wanting to feel something, I'm curious. This is information, or as I've been looking at it as gold. So I'm learning to take the things that don't feel as good or that I've classified as not feeling as good and help pull them into the fold of the tapestry of my life and find the gold within it. Um, So when I notice that I'm not wanting to feel something, I get real curious about, well, what could this mean and what's behind this and what's here for me to see. Last episode, as I said, I spoke about numbness and how I could inadvertently numb some of my desire and pleasure and joy if I fell too far into that numbness. And then it wouldn't be until I sort of came above water that I realized what that numbness had done to some of the other expressions or emotions or experiences. I gave the example of my wedding and how that ended up being slightly numbed as well because I happened to be experiencing or numbing out to certain emotions. So today is when things get really exciting because I love desire and I love to talk about desire and the energy of desire makes my blood sparkle. That's what it feels like inside. Like my blood is sparkling. And growing up, I was definitely a kid of more, 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 you know, Andrea connection, true connection. I'm not going to sing it, but I was always more, more, more. And there was a section of my life where I thought more, more, more was associated with greed or something, you know, immature or, you know, non-desirable. So now that I'm looking at the richness of experience, I get to say, well, wait a minute, what does more, more, more mean for me? Or what does that, what does that gift me with? Where's the gold in more, more, more? And the gold for me in more, more, more is the recognition of my drive, the recognition of my desire, uh, the allowance of my desire to pull me into new situations or to be the fuel that wakes my, as I said, my blood up in my body so that I am able to move out of these seasons of stillness. It's the desire that awakens me after my stillness. So when I started to look at desire and those, those feelings and sensations that I enjoy more, I started to also look at celebration and how I was celebrating. So when I say let's fully celebrate, I've got a post and it's let's fully celebrate. It's like, let's celebrate for real. Let's 
fully celebrate. Let's not pretend celebrate. Let's like really celebrate. And that's where I looked at my capacity for joy and for celebration. And, and was I really feeling into those as well? So perhaps there were emotions and feelings that I didn't want to feel. So I was numbing to them. And then there were more on the happy side that I didn't realize I wasn't fully feeling either. So I think that's sort of what happens, right? When we numb to one thing, we inadvertently numb to the others. So I say this because I was going through the motion of celebrating, but my capacity to hold the fullness and the depth was hindered a little bit by my perfectionist habit or by destination thinking. So when I was at the perceived destination, I kept pace with driving myself forward and I'd drive by and I'd get a whiff of the roses I'd get a whiff of the celebration as I plodded through as opposed to stopping and fully grounding in what celebration feels like, what joy and enjoyment feels like, what desire feels like. Destination thinking had me speeding through all these beautiful stop and look points. So by celebration, I want to you know, be clear, I don't mean like more party, harder partying, like, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking. This is not necessarily what I mean about celebration, although I do love the effervescence of a champagne toast around celebration. I love that. I love the imagery of it. I love how it smells. I love the pop of the cork and how it sounds. I love the way champagne sounds being poured into a flute. So don't get me wrong. There's not, I'm not condemning, you know, the libation aspect of celebration. Um, But what I do mean is opening up what celebration means, right? Sometimes it's not extravagant, although I like to embellish celebration for the fun of it. Celebration can also be gratitude and it can also be noticing that something shifted or it can be realizing that you have come out the other side of something. It can also relate to release of all kinds. There's some releases that just innately feel like a celebration and I think you know what I'm talking about celebration can be happening in one area while in another area we could be experiencing standstill at one point in my life I thought that I wasn't clear to celebrate I didn't get given the a-okay or the all clear to celebrate until I had found perfection or at least satisfaction in all areas which meant that I was really cutting myself off of celebration in the areas where I could be celebrating. There was something that had come to a completion. It's like I was was not allowing myself to celebrate when I knew that there was something still in progress in another area. This is that perfectionism energy and also the destination mindset, this whole kind of all or nothing. And lately I've been learning about compounding disappointment but also oof compounding wins and pleasures and excitement compounding excitement and enjoyment and i think that's wonderful to be able to hold all of it and then and then use it to build to see the celebration in one area of life might give us the fuel to keep going in another area of life when we stop and review where we're at and where we can really apply the, the more enjoyable aspects to help balance out the areas that are inevitably going to be going through a standstill 
or a challenge or a rough patch is a wonderful tool, a wonderful expression of the fullness and the richness of the tapestry. I can hold celebration in one area while feeling brand new or completely stagnant in another area. This is something that has been an incredible realization. Embodying this takes practice sometimes because I have patterns or habits. So sometimes I have to remind myself to be less critical, not to compound the disappointment and really be present and look for the simple moments of gratitude, the simple moments of celebration, the simple moments and really milking it, like really drawing it out for what it's worth just because because we're human and we get to. So as I said, I'm a fan of drawing out celebrations to really like milk and get the full potential out of that celebration. And I want to admit that sometimes mid celebration, I can have like a moment of drop or like a, and it sometimes comes because there's something hampering me. And it's usually worry in the past. I would say it was associated with thinking that this might be the one and only time, like holding it too tight. I might have some lack around what it is that I'm experiencing, or I've got a little bit of fear or worry still in me about something that's showing itself, right? So I could be celebrating something and thinking, oh my God, this moment is so incredible. I don't want this to end. I'm enjoying it so much. And then suddenly feeling like, what if it ends? What about when it ends? And reminding myself that there's always something else coming. There's always something else I can celebrate. Celebrations aren't just the large occasions that come up once a year or come up, you know, a few times a year. Celebrations can be smaller moments so that I can remind myself to trust that there are more celebrations always coming. Celebrations are abundant. So another way of doing incorporating this or at least drawing out this feeling would be gratitude lists. I'm a fan of gratitude lists. This is like edging, do you know, like edging around something in a really beautiful way. And so gratitude lists work for me and meditation works for me and it helps me sort of move my energy around. Gratitude lists are like energetic foreplay and energetic calibration for my day. So desire wakes up my whole system to visions and dreams. Desire is a language of what lights me up and what excites me. And I've had times where I've been overindulged in desire. And I've also felt like I've lost my desire. Uh, Desire and creativity for me are interwoven. Another point I want to make is that when you're working with celebration, sometimes you can sort of see old belief patterns come up within those celebrations. And I would say that when we're looking to celebrate fully, that also means looking at perhaps what gets in your way of celebrating. And again, this would could show up in the form of belief systems. This could show up in the form of structures and patterns around you, patterns of behavior. I just had a celebration last month and I found myself in an old pattern of behavior where I was tensing up around planning everything and wanting it to be perfect and setting everything out. And I was having a hard time letting people help me, uh, giving them direction. And there were plenty of people around that wanted to help, offering to do things, offering to bring things, offering to set things up for me. And I was just having a hard time letting go and, and allowing that. And sometimes this can even show up in our work. Like how comfortable are we with allowing some people to take parts of the load for us? Um, 
how much are we trusting that they're going to do it and whatever they come up with is going to be just perfect and that's okay and even if it's not what you would have done yourself it's still perfect and it still adds to the occasion and actually doubles down on the celebration because they feel involved they feel encouraged right look at in some work scenarios we end up doing the whole job because we can't delegate or we don't like to delegate and that's something that i think can show up even in our desire we're reflections in a holographic way so whatever's coming up for us in one area we can also see it reflected in another area I want to also talk about envy when I'm talking about celebration and desire because I think that sometimes we can experience envy and really we can see the thing that the person has and we can understand that it's a desire or a want of ours. So how do we re-perspectivize that envy in the moment to have it serve us, to have it work for us? And again, I want to mention this is not bypassing. This is acknowledging like, oh, I feel envy about this specific thing. Let's get clear on where this is coming from. I'm doing this for my own growth, for my own healing. And I want to know why is this particular thing tripping my envy wires? And when I start to look at it, usually I come to terms with it's something that I want. It's something that I would enjoy. Perhaps it's something I haven't understood why that person has or how they got it. And I want to say that these things don't always matter. I mean, sometimes they matter when we want to learn from the person or when we want to take on um, skill sets that we see the person having or we see their confidence within something. Then for sure, have a look at it. But sometimes the envy is just a simple indication that there is something meant for you within this scenario, that you are meant to have that thing, that that perhaps that thing is is a budding desire that is asking for your attention. The And the reason why it may show up is, as envy as opposed to just a clear, oh, I desire that, I want that, could be because there's some lower energy spinning with it. Like it's spinning at a lower vibration than desire because along with that desire, you're experiencing a fear that you may never access it. Or you might be experiencing anger that you haven't accessed it yet. And it might come out as anger at the other person, but perhaps it's just anger with your own self and experience that you haven't experienced it yet. And it doesn't stop there. Like I wouldn't say, look at envy as you're, you know, you're angry at yourself for not being able to create what this other person has created or have what this other person has. Because even if the person didn't create it and it landed in their lap, we still have to, or the way I see it is, we still have the opportunity to look at that envy and work with it, work with that energy. like. I see energy coming at me and I look at how can I use this? Or I see energy I'm producing and I think, how can I use this? How can each ounce of energy that comes into my field be used for momentum? Like, how can I use it as gas? How can I use it as fuel? So when envy comes in, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, what is the information here? How do I take envy, peel the layers back, look at the information and reveal the gold inside the envy. And often it's pointing to me that, hey, 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 you want something over here. There's something exciting. Another example, I decided I was going to live more naturally. For a while, I'd stopped wearing makeup. I stopped getting my hair done. I stopped doing my hair. I just kind of lived outside. Now, luckily for me, I live in my dream property with water in my backyard and I get to swim and I get to do all the things. So it wasn't this hugest deal that I couldn't, you know, get myself ready with makeup because oftentimes in the summer I was gardening anyway and jumping in the water with my kids. So 
I got into this state of really not, not doing those things. And I ended up looking back and, and feeling like I'd sort of locked myself out of desiring certain things that, you know, all along my life I had desired. Uh, you know, some of them being like getting my hair done at a, at a nice place and enjoying the whole pampering aspect of it. Some of it could be just as simple as buying a new, you know, eyeshadow or a piece of makeup that I enjoyed putting on. So sometimes it can just be a reminder that, you know, there's something here that you used to desire and it wants to awaken back up in you. So understanding that, looking at, okay, there could be a lower belief here. Maybe I shut myself off from that. Maybe I told myself I didn't need those things anymore. And I'm looking at how come other people can still enjoy those things when I wrote them off as impractical? Or is there a belief system hindering me from fully seeing this envy as the desire it's meant to be presenting as or that it could be presenting as. So what's in the way of me moving this envy into desire? I don't wanna bypass it, I certainly wanna look at it because whatever it's bringing up to show me in the conversion of envy to desire is really the key. That's really the note I wanna look at. That's really the area where I start to pull that thread and I can see a whole other level to, to where I've been perhaps blocking myself, hindering myself, where I might have a belief system that is no longer serving me, where I might have a pattern in place that is not allowing me to access my desires or even walk towards them, where perhaps I've even jam-packed, stacked my schedule that there's no time that when I see a new desire come up or I see something in someone else that I envy and I don't see it as a desire because I'm thinking, well, I don't have time for that. I can't fit that into my life. I can't spare money for that. I can't, whatever it is that's coming up in that moment is really great for you to look at because these things can only, they can be true, but you can also shift the way they seem or shift the way they are true for me. Like maybe that's true for me right now, but you know what? That's motivating me to open up some space in my calendar or it's motivating me to open up a whole exploration of what other beliefs do I have that are, you know, keeping me from realizing the potential of energies that feel good in my life that I can partner with, that I can start walking towards more things that I enjoy, more things that I desire, more things that bring me that blissful excitement, more celebration. So I wanted to mention envy because I think with with desire come, comes celebration. And on the lower end of it, sometimes we can see envy. And when envy's coming in, as I said, I feel it is my desire that is spinning at a lower vibration because there are multiple energies mixed within this. And the multiple energies could be coming from various belief systems or various ways in which I've set up my day, my experience that block out those lighter, more exciting versions. And I stand behind this with many things. When we're experiencing an energy that we see as low frequency or uncomfortable, I always believe there's something higher higher within it, something of a higher vibe or a higher frequency or a more enjoyable energy within it. But what it's offering us is the ability to see like what's what would that color truly be if it wasn't mixed with three other things that maybe I don't like the feeling of. So is this, you know, desire mixed with fear making it envy? Is this desire mixed with I can't do it, really low self-belief around it that's creating the feeling that doesn't feel so good? 
And I want to mention that, like, I know right now it can be hard to find desire and focus on it. The current situation has a soup or a thick feeling of fear and despair, right? Most of us will be fine. We'll get through it. We see that the light is coming. But there are some moments where the energy comes in of the outside world that seems so heavy and it doesn't matter what kind of mantraing or perspectivizing we do, it can take us and it can dip us. But ultimately, I believe that we're here to experience just as much, if not more, aligned, positive, exciting, joyful uh, experiences. And I just so happen to be talking to you at a time when things are just real chaotic around us right now. But I want to say that holding kindness and holding the high line and sort of holding my higher notes in my experience, the higher octaves of my experience has never been a waste. In fact, it's kept me feeling quite steady despite everything that's going on. My main goal, I would say since, since 2020, my main goal as, has to become as resilient as possible so that no matter what is going on in the outside world, I can still hold a feeling inside that ultimately things are okay, that I still believe the world is a good place, that I still believe that I can create a life that makes me so happy and excited, that I already hold the happy excitement already within me, and it's just a shift in perspective. So I want to remind you, you don't have to wait to do this work. You don't have to learn um, massive technique to start shifting and looking at this work. You just have to be curious enough and feel steady enough that you can look at what's coming up for you and really take the time. And I want to say, here's some information that's helped me. I'm working with this incredible um, therapist out of Hawaii. Her name is Talasi. She's incredible. And she spoke with me on a call last week that she, and she was bringing up this con this concept of a no make wrong policy and she's really really taught me that in this process being gentle with myself is important and i've come to this a few times but the reminder has been really affirming being gentle with yourself means that as you do this work you're not re-scaring yourself back into any behavior that seems like it's a protection behavior so what I would say is once you start looking into this, it's a good time to look at your energy and what you remain in. What's your general tone? What's your energy for the day? What do you generally feel? Like if you look at your last week, how's your energy been? What has it felt like? Have you enjoyed your life over the last week? What are some ways that you know, you'd, you'd like to feel a little different? How empowered do you feel daily, monthly, weekly? How empowered have you felt over the last two years? Take an inventory, sit with it. It's okay to look at it. And if you need someone to, to sort of sit with or talk to while you do this, wonderful, reach out, have a teammate. Um, look at how you hold a vision and expect the best. What are your tools and techniques for doing that? If you had a goal every day to hold your vision and show up and expect the best and then continue to be curious all day long when little things came up and bumped up against that vision, that little you know, cocoon over your dream that you've built. And you, you could look at each one of those things and say, Hey, like, what you doing here? What's going on? And, and really look at it without fear, shame, guilt, or obligation, fog, fear, obligation, guilt. Um, 
you know, what, what would that feel like? Know that you can do that. Know that you have that ability. And this is what, why I do what I do, because I think once people have this stable ground beneath them, they can accomplish so much. And when, when I get to see people who have that steadiness and they're ready to launch, the things that they create for the people around them and the stability that they create for the people around them is such a gift and it gives back to them. A long time ago, my cousin told me about Kurt Vonnegut and one of his quotes sat with me. I had a little, a little chalkboard banner thing outside of my last house that I'd write little, you know, happy little quotes and I put them outside and I thought, you know, I hope, I hope people read these. I hope, you know, it lifts someone's day. I also thought about how maybe it could be seen as a certain way or made fun of or whatever. And it didn't matter, it brought me happiness, but here's one that I've, I've returned to over and over throughout the years. And it's, I'll read it to you now. Be soft. Don't let the world make you hard. Do not let the pain make you hate. Do not let the bitterness steal your sweetness. Take pride that even though the rest of the world may disagree, you still believe it to be a beautiful place. And with that, I will leave you for this time, and I will see you on the next episode.